Welcome to On The Bounce, where we discuss resilience and its practical application in our lives. Together, we'll discover the tools needed to empower ourselves, develop positive thoughts, and accomplish our goals to become the best versions of ourselves. Hello and welcome, audience. I am always excited to have... um, members and speakers on the podcast, but I am sp- I am more excited to have Bethany today because uh, she's going to speak about not only wellness and nutrition, but this is a journey that uh, I've started to explore more into. So my interest, my understanding, my uh, my curiosity in this space has definitely grown. So timing-wise, it's perfect timing. And then having just her wisdom on the show, I think is just such a great addition to um, our for our audience. So Bethany, thank you for taking the time today and being able to share your experience, your journey, and uh, just impart our, my audience with the information that you, you'll be able to share today. So thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to your guests today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm just going to start with just let's open up the platform about who you are and a little bit about what we do. And then we're really going to dive into uh, what you do. Sure. So um, my name is Bethany Geddes, and I used to actually be a nurse working in the diet and health industry before I had my children. So I have two boys. They are seven and eight years old. And um, yeah, they're they're a handful. (laughs) They've given me a lot of good mom experience. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, I basically started out like, yeah, I started in the diet industry and realized the people I was helping. It was actually a revolving door. And the diet industry is obviously a billion dollar industry. And I just started to see there was a disconnect for people with their mindset. Um, We weren't teaching them anything basically to keep the weight off long term. And so that's what kind of led into me doing my own business. I went back to school to do holistic nutrition, which really fascinated me. And I got into a big area of mindset with people. So Nutritious and Delicious is basically made from like my experience in the past and also bringing motherhood into the mix as well, because I work with a lot of um, women postpartum after having children. Um, But I also do a whole bunch of other things like I do corporate lunch and learns, meal planning, hair intolerance testing, all that good stuff. So, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I really, I'm so excited because um, I recently separated from the military and I did not realize, didn't really put an emphasis on my, my weight, my physical, my physical Mm -hmm. well-being and also my nutrition because, because of the vigorous lifestyle of the military, a lot of that was just managed, managed by just physical activity. Right. So it didn't really, I didn't really really make do the research to understand what's going on internally. So recent fast forward my retirement, now that lifestyle has changed my rhythm, my my tempo <laughs> has definitely yeah. decreased yeah, sure. and then it literally sent my body into a shock. Like that's wow. I think that's the only way that I can describe it. I mm-hmm. I have more health issues now than I've ever just because of just the the immediate change of lifestyle that has impacted and fluctuated my weight. So it's kind of really put me down this journey to do more research, not just, uh, you know, exercise, 
but how do I really start to understand what is going on with my body? Because it is, it's, it's impacting me daily and I'm very curious and very interested in it. So that's why I can't tell you how excited and timing wise, this is just fantastic for me. And obviously for my audience, because I think it's so easy to just kind of keep putting it in the back of our mind. I'll get to it eventually. I'll get to it eventually. I'll walk a little bit more. I'll do a little bit more exercise. I'll cut cut out some of the stuff in my diet, but are we really solving the problem? Are we really getting down to the bottom of it? Exactly. Yeah. That's um, interesting that you said that, like in terms of food, I think a lot of people it's like really understanding. And I think you're here right now is like who you're, who you are and what your body's doing. Right. Cause basically you're kind of getting to know your body all over again. Yes. You are showing it sort of like probably a lot of physical activity, definitely being in the military for sure. And, you know, most people aren't living those types of lifestyles where they're doing that kind of workouts and stuff. Um, And then now obviously it's completely switched the opposite direction where you're probably not working out as much. And now your nutrition is like still, you know, there, but you could probably get away with a lot more working out before. So I think this is where a lot of people struggle is again. And I think this whole um, pandemic life has sort of shown that to a lot of people of inactivity (laughs) right? Is that holy moly, like the couch has become like the biggest sort of like new exercise bike for a lot of people. (laughs) So people are kind of like, now what do I do? I've gained so much weight, like, you know, and you know, it's been a problem for a lot of people. So cool. Let's get into it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when you say that, you know, the couch, right? Because I mean, I didn't realize just, just having a more active you know, going, cause I, I'm, I'm fortunate to work remote right. and in my mind, I'm like, boom, you know, this is like, uh, this is like the perfect situation, but it, there's the other, there's the other sedentary, right. you know, impacts of that. I spend way more time behind the desk than I've right. ever in my lifestyle. And the reality, you know, if I had to kind of share my journey and then we can kind of, you know, just really go deep into what you do. The journey was that I was still because of my, because of my ha- habit, I still woke up at 530. I was still doing my workouts. I was still doing the, you know, the check, the checklist things Mm -hmm. where I would say I'm still being healthy and conscious about my lifestyle. But the reality is that because I was sitting more than six hours in front of a desk, it didn't matter that I was working out. It didn't matter that I cut out sodas in my diet. The fact is, is that I was just not giving my body really what I wanted or understanding the changes and now the new requirements for my body. You know, so that's where I want to talk, you know, just share what you do and, and let's kind of like pick apart, you know, some of the different efforts that, um, that you do, because I really, I mean, I'm like, as you can see, I'm really excited about this. Definitely. Yeah. So basically kind of the main thing I do is I do a lot of meal planning for people. Um, And like I said, I don't usually like to give just the meal plan itself. I like to do a lot of coaching around it because like you said, you know, you can sort of follow a plan, follow a fitness plan, follow a meal plan. And a lot of people are sort of like, cool, I'm good. Like I've lost weight, but they don't know how to keep it off long-term. And I find that with the coaching aspect, hand in hand, it actually helps. And the coaching takes longer because it's, it's bad habits and belief systems that we have to sort of unpack first of all, and start to kind of like go through them each individually. Because a lot of the times, I think a lot of people don't realize they're walking around with like old belief systems from like when you're children and 
you're like part of the clean dinner plate club and you know you're having to eat all your food because you feel guilty because somebody's made it for you like you're walking around with that because your parents have instilled that into you and their parents have instilled it into them and it's this generational thing so a lot of the times people come to me saying like i don't really understand why i'm overweight i think i'm eating healthy i i feel like i'm supposed to be doing what i'm doing like you just said but a lot of the times I think there's either a, there's a bit of a missing gap in beliefs and lack of education, because obviously not everybody understands like what foods are going to do to their body. And some people can't tolerate certain foods over others. And that's where I think when people start going on, down into dieting territory, you're trying to conform to something else instead of it conforming to you. So say if you're having issues with like bloating from like carbohydrates or breads or things like that and you go on a plan that has that in there, then you're trying to conform to it and your body's rejecting it saying like, I'm not losing weight or my blood sugars are going to be all over the place. And it just starts to mess you up. So that's why like customized meal planning is really helpful on like the physical aspect. Cause that's kind of like the workout routine. But in with that, you need a lot of like the coaching, the, the mindset um, around it, because a lot of people, like I said, will veer back to old beliefs and old habits. Right. Yeah, I think that it's a really good point that we we understand that because we are, you know, humans, we tend to be habitual, right? Yeah. We we default to what is comfortable. Mm -hmm. We default to what we know. And at the end of the day, and also what's, what's safe, what, right. what makes us safe. And I think that when we talk about dieting, when we talk about, you know, uh, weight loss, it's it can be intimidating yeah. for some people, especially when it's not part of your lifestyle. And now mm -hmm. you're adding all these addition, additional requirements or goals that you're just like, well, where does it really fit in my lifestyle? Like, how do I really mm -hmm. fit this in my lifestyle where I'm going to enjoy it? And then two, I want to make sure that I, I, I remain consistent. And then there, there lies a, the problem right there because is this really is this really going to be embedded in your right. in your lifestyle? And then when it comes to food, you know, as as a society, you know, everything that we do essentially revolves around yep. food, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Everything that we do yeah. revolves around food. I mean, I have meetings that is based off of lunch, you know, like yeah. <laughs> let's have, you know. So I think that it's just so hard. It's it it becomes challenging when it's always a, a topic of discussion. Right. So how do we how do we create realistic goals, realistic options where regardless, it doesn't require too much shifting or pivoting where it can just remain consistent. And that's where I think you yeah. come in with these these meal plans and understanding the mindset and just what else do we need to know behind that? Yeah, it's understanding the person as well, because everybody's completely different. And this is why I love what I do, because, you know, group coaching is great. And you can kind of get a lot of people like definitely when I do lunch and learns, I can kind of get like a whole corporation to listen to like what we're talking about. But then, you know, there's individual people that are like, I'm struggling with that. And somebody else may be struggling with something completely different, right? So that's where like, when you trail off to do like, individualized coaching, it's really helpful. Um, the big thing I started to think of when you were talking about that is you need to understand the person's why, like, why are they doing this in the first place? Like you said, like, not everybody is going to want to lose 20 to 50 pounds, or that's not their lifestyle. Like you said, some people enjoy the social gatherings of eating and, and it's a cultural thing as well, right? Like some people are like, I'm not giving up my pasta. I'm not giving up this. I'm not giving up that. And they come in very defensive. And I've noticed that because they are used to being in a dieting world, where you're told you can't have this, you can't have that, and you're restricted here, and you can't, you know what I mean? 
but that actually works the opposite. People backfire and they end up binge eating and they end up going the opposite direction because most people, again, they want, they want that lifestyle. They want to feel good. So it's finding out the person and, you know, are they a mom or dad? Are they working from home? Like, what are they doing in their life? What is around them? Like social events? How do we sort of customize to that person? Because you can't just sort of like white knuckle it your whole life and go through and be like, I'm not going to eat that cake at that birthday. I'm not going to like go to that person's house and not have that drink. And you know what I mean? Like that is very much dieting mentality and what people are thinking in black and white. So that's where I'm almost giving people the permission to do it or find healthier options. Okay. Like, what do you like to do usually? What do you like to drink? What do you like to eat? Okay. How can we make that healthier for you? Right. Whereas most people come to me, like, I'm not giving up this, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, I didn't say you had to, <laughs> but that's where they're coming from. Right. Because they're so used to people telling them no, and they can't have it. So it's a completely different aspect. I think when people hit like somebody like myself who are, in holistic nutrition because they're not used to somebody saying yes like you can have pizza you can have burgers and they're like what okay but let's make that healthier like how can we find better ingredients or better quality of beef or whatever it is to make it a healthier food and yes let's incorporate this into the family so i do that actually with my recipe book i have a digital recipe book um, on my website and that's where I, I have integrated like burgers pizza pasta ice cream all that stuff in there because mm. it's in a healthier way and I fed it to my kids and they have no idea they're eating like avocado ice cream, you know, because I've just changed the ingredients and I've used real like maple syrup or I've just substituted um, the garbage basically out of it. Right. And um, even just in terms of like burgers and stuff, we've got like a lamb bacon cheeseburger and different things that we've used and it's, it's delicious. Like it's, it shouldn't be disgusting. It shouldn't taste like <laughs> salad or, you know, like food is enjoyable. Like it's an yes. experience and it's cultural, right? Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I, and I love that you've, you brought up uh, children because that's, I think for me where we struggled with uh, our meals because mm -hmm. what our kids were eating and, you know, and I'm going to be full transparent. I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. not a perfect mom. I'm just trying to make it to tomorrow. Right. <laughs> that's my, that's my goal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not fighting my kids to eat. I don't want, I don't want dinner time to be a punishment. Right. right. So at the end of the day, we are literally putting whatever they want to eat at the on the table. So right. after a while, it just became, let's focus on what the kids are going to eat. And we just kind of, we're the aftermath, we're the, right. you know, we're just whatever we can scarf down at that time. Yeah. <laughs> so it really just started <laughs> to shift, yeah. um, you know, the purpose of dinner, because at the end of the day, we wanted to make sure that one, the kids are going to bed with food in their tummy. And then mm -hmm. two, we're not having meltdowns every night about, you know, dinner. So, you know, the energy that went into that was different. So that kind of started that was the beginning of our journey of just kind of like our diet being kind of fluctuated right. and then two at the end of the day um when i started to when i when i started gaining weight you know and i'm right. going to be full transparent um i went into blood work and then i started learning things that i've I started having issues that I've never had. Like I became pre-diabetic. I, I, I was all these things and I was just like, what, what is happening? Yeah. So now I'm like playing around with these recipes and this, these meals that is not aligning to what I need to be focused on, which is my blood sugars, right? right. How to balance that, how to, how to create, how to create that. And then I am now I'm in my forties. So now I'm entering like a uh, pre-menopause 
all these things. So I bring that all up because it's not one of the things that we have to recognize is that when it comes to your health and wellness, it's it's transitional mm-hmm. and you have to be mindful, right? And having that mindset to recognize that what worked for you at 20 may not necessarily work for you at 40. And it's okay. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But you just have to understand that it just, if you if you have that purpose purposeful intention, it just takes tweaks. If you kind of really take the time to put in the work and just say, what is it that I need to be focusing on to, to make sure that I am giving my body what it needs? Right. You have a lot of points in there. Um, first of all, definitely the mealtime struggle is a common occurrence. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, a lot of parents do a put themselves last on the priority list. And it's like eating scraps off the kids plates. That's a typical (laughs) mom, a mom move. Um, I've always made sure I haven't done that. And even from when they were babies, I'm like, I'm not eating like the the scraps of their food because yeah, you're basically putting yourself on the last on the to-do list. So the couple of things that I wanted to point out just from listening to kind of your, your situation. And I think a lot of people can relate to what you're talking about um, is that a lot of people go to that place of like, what can I do to kind of feed the kids without having to be like the most work for myself? Yeah. And how do we sort of feed ourselves at the end of the day too? And a lot of people just end up putting chicken nuggets and fries and whatever in the oven and like ketchup. Okay. That's tomatoes. They're good. They have the vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. Right. And like, it gets into a habit where children are like now expecting junk food all the time. And, and then as the thing is too, it's not nutritionally dense for children. So they're also hungrier a lot more. And you'll notice like I'm feeding them more and they're not eating, like they're eating so much food, you know, but we need to get more nutrient dense food in there. And it requires baby steps because again, it's this unpacking, right? Like if you've done for such a long period of time, you can't just like put a salad in front of them and be like, okay, here's dinner with like chicken (laughs) on it. And they're like, I ain't eating that, you know? It's green, yucky, right? Exactly. (laughs) So with children and adults the same, we need to sort of do it like slowly. And I find a lot of adults kind of get to the point where they're like, I'm sick of making like junk food or my own weight, like we all need to make a change and they do it too drastically. And then that's where the dinner time battles come up and they don't want to eat their broccoli or, you know, um, they're, they're kind of not participating. A few things on that. Um, I want to talk about, cause I did this with my boys, like right from the get go is I always had, um, fruits and vegetables. Like I always tried a new fruit or vegetable every couple of weeks. I would get them to pick it out at the grocery store and say like, what do you want to try? And they say like that. Okay. Like, let's try it. They get home, cut it up. You know, I'd have some know that I would eat it and then give it to them. Be very neutral with food with children, because if you're like, oh, I don't like this, they'll respond in the same way. Or if you're forcing it on them and saying like, this is good for you, like eat it, you know, you're going to get the opposite. They're going to be like, I don't want it, you know. So just make it very neutral and try not to sort of like um, hold hold them where at dinner time, like it's like, okay, you got to eat all the broccoli on your plate or all your peas, because then it becomes like, a battle and it actually becomes more of a power struggle and it's not about the food. So when we do that, we usually just say to them, like, let's eat the healthy food first or try one at least. Um, and if they don't like it, okay, that's not a big deal. We won't give it to you next time. And usually what I do is within six months, I'll try it again and I'll try it in a different way. So sometimes it could be just like, for example, they, they didn't like cooked mushrooms. So now give it to them raw and see if they like it that way. I wouldn't fill a child's plate with a new vegetable or a new fruit. Um, I would try them with one little piece and see how they do. 
because if you're kind of expecting to like get them to eat the entire thing, they're not going to. Right. And it becomes that battle at the table. Another good suggestion with children is having sort of like an open concept at the table. And I do this with like tacos and having like the food in different bowls and they can kind of put it together themselves. Um, same with like a salad. The first time I got my son, my youngest son to eat a salad, cause he was, he was brought up three and he wouldn't touch salad. And my eldest was really good at salad. And I was like, there's something like different that maybe he he doesn't like so I said okay here I gave him a little cutting board and gave him a blunt knife and got him to cut up a few little vegetables and I put them in the salad and he got to toss it and I said which dressing do you want this or this one he picked his dressing he put it in mixed it all up and then he started eating and said I like salad now and since then he's seven he's been like can I have this salad with that dressing so now he knows what he likes yeah so sometimes it's just kind of getting them to participate um, because that seems to be the the issue with children and getting them to sort of help a little bit as well. Um, giving them choices is big. Like, you know, which which vegetable would you like to pick? Like we get them even to pack their lunches up as well. Like we we make the sandwiches and everything. But I usually say to them, what healthy snack would you like? And, you know, they usually like to pull out the candy and say, can I have that? I'm like, yeah, we can do that after. But let's first of all, tell me which one you want. And then they'll pick their own thing. And they know what each other like and dislike. They don't put tomatoes in the other person's because they know that that person won't eat it. But they'll give yeah. them broccoli because they love broccoli, right? So it's, um, you know, and, and sauces really help as well, especially with children because it's it's the bland um, and, the, and the strong scent of vegetables sometimes. So even masking it in, um, a good start would be masking it in like tomato sauce, like if you're making pasta, like blending up a little bit of broccoli or onions or peppers or whatever it is, um, or spinach even, and making it fine so they can't detect it, first of all. Um, smoothies is a good way as well of getting protein into children, like protein powder, just a little bit for them. I would suggest more of like a vegan-based one that doesn't have any um, like aspartame or sucralose or anything like that in it. And uh, you can also add in fruits and a little bit of vegetables, you can sneak in a bit of spinach and kale in there and blend it up. Like all you need to do is like add a banana or a peanut butter and it will mask the flavor really well. And that helps children also get it in. So I know you said kind of at the end of the day, dinner time is the most frustrating time. So your better chances of getting them to eat fruits and vegetables is in the morning because they're hungry. Um, and, and, and lunchtime and dinner time, it's like kind of just like the fun food. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. That is nice. Yeah. And I think that also, um, you know, even just being mindful about how we how we grow with our kids needs is the same that we need to do that for ourselves, too. Right. Because, um, you know, when I was in my 20s, I could eat a burger and fries times two. Yeah. And I still can fit in that cute little black dress. Right. right. And that's not the case at all. I smell a burger and yeah. there's no longer fitting in that cute little black dress. Right. right. So I think that it's important that we recognize. And so, you know, you know, although there is, there's the need for physical activity. Yeah. The more we are able to clean up our clean up what we eat. And I don't want to say diet. I actually want to try to stay away from yeah. the word diet. The more we clean up and we are become more mindful as far as what we are putting in our bodies, the, the, the longer lasting impact mm -hmm. that we will have. 
um, and it would be more enjoyable because you recognize that, oh, I don't need to have all these extreme measures. I just need to understand maybe the source of where I'm getting it from, you know, maybe the combination efforts that, you know, mm -hmm. I'm doing it and just, uh, you know, just kind of be more mindful. So when you talk about your meal plans, what what are what's the mindset that you are trying to uh, provide to your can your your um your customers as far as the the way they should be going about thinking about meal plans and uh, preparation or just the goals? A lot of the times people see the meal plan and they're like, okay, so this is black and white. This is like I gotta follow exactly what it says, and I'm like, it's a guide. Like it's a guide to follow because the thing is I want them to kind of get used to, okay, if they don't have that protein or they're not feeling that protein today, they can exchange it for something else, mm. you know? So it's, it's getting them to be more mindful of, okay, like I'm starting to eat this way. I'm starting to see physically how big my portions should be. And it's always going to vary as well. Like I never like to keep it like exactly the same calories or anything like that. Generally, I'm looking at more of like a healthier um, protein, more um, based on healthy fats. You mentioned yourself more about going into like the 40s and perimenopause and all that and diabetes. Um, that's where I would shift somebody away probably into more of a hormone based uh, meal plan. So this in turn would be something like a healthier fat, probably higher in that aspect. So you're feeling fuller, your skin's, um, you know, more supple, luscious, things like that, because that's where like we get into like aging and like, okay, I like my joints aren't very good or my skin and things like that. And that's where I think healthy fats would help a lot with kind of what you're talking about. Um, and a little bit of protein if you're working out like a healthier version of protein. But what I really like for my clients to focus on is, okay, so they've had the meal plan for a while. Now I want them to st start to kind of use other things in their house to kind of like um, like different vegetables, different fruits, and not be so rigid and stick to the same thing. Because like, you don't want to be eating the same thing over and over again. You want to also switch out seasonally too. like we're getting into summer months and different fruits and vegetables are going to come out. You don't want to be eating the same food throughout the whole year. Like that's, that's not fun. And that's not, you know, sustainable and part of life. So it's got to be something where it's a bit, a bit more relaxed. And yes, when you're having an event, like that's what we need to talk about, like, okay, well, what's going to happen at the event? Like, instead of having like the ginormous piece of cake you normally do, can we do half of that slice this, this year? And all those tiny steps that you're making is going to make a big impact over the year for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And, and when you start to notice those small wins, the small wins have longer, yeah. longer uh, impacts, right? right? Because you recognize that, oh, this was achievable. This yeah. is something that I can do. And I didn't have to have this like extreme restriction right. uh, that just makes it to the point where I'm, I, I start having anxiety about it, right? Because right. we're all going to go to the restaurants. We're all going to go get invited to the, you know, the party. Everybody has birthdays and all these, all these natural events mm -hmm. that come up that's associated with things that we've become very um, accustomed to. And right. so how do you still show up at the event and not wreck, not be that odd, oddball out mm -hmm. where you're just like, you know, create, make yourself more of a target for maybe uncomfortable questions that you're not even ready to have the conversation. You know, maybe you're not ready to have that, you know, that, uh, those, uh, open up the doors for that, but you can still be, you can still enjoy the event. Right. And I, and I like that. I like those small wins and recognize that, 
you know, we get more, we see more success in the smaller wins than we do in the great grand schemes. Because at the end of the day, it's very, it seems like it's easier to put on weight and to become unhealthy than it is to do, to become healthy. And I say that with air marks, right? right. But it's, it's doable. It's just, it's very doable. People don't realize the small wins, like we just said, like everything adds up. So even like you're talking about like the pop and things like that, it's like transitioning over to like, maybe doing like a, um, like a flavored water or something with lemons and limes, like what a difference that's going to make, like how many times would you normally have a pop? So it's making these small replacements and same with like when people are like, Oh, I'm a late night snacker or like whenever I go to a movie, I have to eat this. Like, okay. So how can we make that a little bit healthier? Like if you still want to have popcorn, let's maybe do like air popcorn instead and put something else on it. Um, like fresh dill and you can put maybe your own like butter or something like that on it. And you can save so many ways in different areas. And I think people think, oh, well, that's such a small, minute thing. How is that going to make a difference over time with all these changes over time? Yes, it's going to make a huge difference in a year. But people aren't. The problem is a lot of people aren't um, patient enough for yes. that. A lot of people are like, I want to I want to be in that size, you know, two and like a month or something. I don't know. Like, it's just it's kind of ridiculous. And I'm like, but you've done this for so many years. Like, how do you think you're going to undo all of these tiny bad habits in that amount of time? And that's where the dieting industry takes over and says, okay, here's your fear. Your fear is being overweight. We'll take that 20 pounds away from you or whatever it is. And they're going to guarantee that for you. you're going to lose it, but then you're still going to go back to old habits. And even more people go back to even heavier than they were because it causes that black and white thinking. And it actually makes their habits long-term worse because they haven't worked on it. And now they feel deprived, right? Yeah. So it works, it works completely the opposite way. Yeah. And then when we talk about the additional, the additional uh, add-ons, like the depression, the, you know, the, the anxiety and all that yeah. stuff that goes along with it, because now you're just like, gosh, you know, now, now you start, you start to live in the past, right? You start to right. think about when I was that weight, all the things that made you or you associated happiness when you were a certain size and right, now you're no right. longer that you're no longer appreciating yourself. You're no longer loving yourself. You're no longer uh, putting yourself out there. Right. So how do mm -hmm. we get to a point where that becomes consistent and how do we start to open up our minds or recognizing and measuring our successes, not necessarily by our physical weight, but the journey Yeah, and, and enjoying the journey. And that's pretty much what I do is I'm helping people sort of undo all those tapes and mindsets and stuff. Because again, I, what you just said, that's pretty key of most people say, Oh, I'll be happy when I get to this weight because they know either they've been there before, or they've determined that that weight is going to make them happy. And a lot of it is people aren't looking at sort of the in-between of the mindset of, you know, what other things in your life make you happy? And like, why are you working out? Is it because you're trying to lose weight or is it because you want to help your mindset your mental health? Is it something that you just want to physically move your body because you feel all scrunched up over your desk all day? You know, like there's different various reasons why people do things. And this is uncovering your why. And that's why it's so individual for each person to do that. So I think a lot of people don't see really what's going on in their own whys. Um, it's like autopilot, like we've just talked about. So a lot of people are just kind of following and like, okay, just tell me what I need to do. But you're not a robot. And at the yes. end of the day, like your why is so strong that it's going to get you through from A to B and it's just discovering it. And, and sometimes you just need that other person to mirror that back to you. And 
typically in coaching, I hear this through conversations over time. And I'll start to kind of reiterate back to that person. Do you hear that you're saying this? Do you hear that you've constantly said this? And a lot of people like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. And as soon as you start to sort of understand that about yourself and you're like, wow, I keep doing these things. And then you start to understand, well, why have I done that? And it usually goes back to like old tapes, old behaviors, how you've grown up, the culture you grow up in. And you start to look at that and, and start to challenge those beliefs. And that's what moves you through to being happy with maybe your weight right now, if, say if you, you are struggling with like an eating disorder or something, um, or if you want to lose weight, it starts to help you sort of release that. Cause it, mm -hmm. again, sometimes we hold on to weight for security, right? Yes. Like there's different, there's different reasons for everybody. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, and you're right, you can't assume or make the assumption for everyone because it's not a one size yeah. fits all. No. And and I think that that leads into the next point that I want to talk about. Um, in the military, one of the things that I've seen are people who are physically capable. I've known people who are in size that appear to be larger or not fit to the military standard, but yet can be that yet surpasses my physical expectations. Right. And, yeah. um, and I say that because you cannot make the assumption that just because this person looks like they don't fit a, a, a physical uh, type that they're not healthy. Right. And so that has led to further testing. And I've known that people, once they were able to identify that they have a certain allergy or a certain food um, restriction, or their body doesn't really respond well to a certain ingredients, yeah, and they've tailored their diet, I mean, then you can see a physical change in their fitness, right? Because mm -hmm. I think that I've, 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 I've shared or I've shared moments with people who are like, I don't know why I can't lose the weight. I'm doing everything that I'm told. I'm mm -hmm. literally starving myself. Yep. I'm literally working out to death and I cannot lose the weight. So let's talk about the fact that you provide a testing and why that can be beneficial for some people. Definitely. So what you're talking about, like a lot of people experience when I talk to them, it's chronic inflammation, basically. So a lot of people come to me say like, I've been trying for years, I've had my thyroid check, like nothing's wrong with me, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of go back and look at like, okay, well, what's in your family, first of all, like, because usually genetics play a big factor as well. Um, if you have celiacs in your family, if you have people who are lactose intolerant in your family, you probably have something along those lines, because you have basically the same DNA makeup. So a lot of people come to me and say, like, you know, I've been bloated for years on end. I've never been able to, like, get rid of this or um, I've had chronic inflammation or skin, you know, dryness or anything like that. Or I get hives or, um, you know, I'm constantly tired or I constantly have these bags under my eyes and I don't know what it is. A lot of it is because we're eating things we're intolerant to, but our body isn't coming out in such a dramatic way of, like, an allergic reaction Sometimes it's just a very mild thing. And if it keeps happening over and over again, our body is trying to basically get rid of that chronic inflammation first. Our liver and our kidneys are our biggest, like, and our skin is our detox organs. So if you're experiencing rashes or um, viral things like going on skin conditions and whatnot, typically it's because your body's trying to get rid of something and it doesn't tolerate it very well. Um, other things could be like heavy metals in your system, even from childhood. 
um, that could be overloaded. And those aren't detected just like by looking at a person, right? Like you can, you can't tell a lot by looking at a person, but definitely looking at um, an intolerance test, whether you do a blood testing, um, we actually are partnered with somebody that does a hair intolerance uh, testing. So basically I've done it myself too. You just take your hair from the root and they send it to a lab and send um, the results back to me. And I go over everything and it gives me everything from uh, your nutritional intolerances, the heavy metals in your system and the nutrients that you're actually deficient in. And, and a lot of people don't realize they've been walking around for years, nutritionally deficient in certain vitamins and minerals that are so easy just to get in their, um, you know, in their meal plan, they could get it through a, an easy supplement or typical foods, or they may not be absorbing it properly because of maybe their environment, their stress, like there's so many factors that can go in that. So when I have that, it's like a story and it actually tells me um, the unique perspective of that person. And it's interesting because as I kind of go through the heavy metals as well and what they've been exposed to, I can typically tell also people's occupation, like what they've been around because there's certain um, heavy metals in there that may have worked with like heavy machinery and things like that. And, you know, you think that, you know, what we put on our skin or what we touch or what's in our environment isn't absorbed. We are absorbing everything. Like our skin is our, one of our biggest organs. So um, even for example, like just well water, for example, like if you um, haven't got say your well water checked in ages and it's really high in iron, all of a sudden your iron levels are like through the roof, which is quite dangerous. And they're like, well, I'm not eating anything or taking supplements with iron, but your water, like you're bathing yourself in every day and your body is still absorbing that on a very small uh, level, right? But it accumulates over time. So, so many things can be detected with that. And like you said, you know, you could physically look at a person and, um, you know, you don't know exactly, like they could be way more physically fit or healthier than you actually, you know, you think they are, right? Just yeah. because you see a skinny person doesn't mean to say they're actually healthy on the inside. Yeah, very true. Yeah, that's very true. And I think that that is that is the first, uh, I guess, uh, mi misbelief that we have to remove ourselves, right. right? That we get so caught up in this physical appearance, right? We we tend to judge by our eyes, right. and um, and and I think that if we find uh, that opportunity, that ability where you can say, I'm not going to use that as my guidance. Right. I'm not going to use that to to judge my physical, my physical fitness or my physical goals and really take the time to just share and really become curious about your, your holistic well-being. I think mm -hmm. that's the beginning of that open mindset. And that's really what I think that you have to understand is having an open mindset because it's not, it's not an overnight process. No, it's not an overnight process, but it is a process where once you're given that information, it's for you to choose what you want to do with it, right? Exactly. We can, you can, you can be given all the resources and everything that you need to be successful. But if you're not willing to put in a little bit effort, then what are you, you know, are you really going to get that success? That's definitely true. It's that whole notion of um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And that's with anybody. And I think when I deal with people who do have a significant amount of weight to lose, like I'm talking over 100 pounds, which I'm pretty used to dealing with. Um, sometimes, yeah, they're, they're rebelling, and they don't want to, you know, lose the weight, but they kind of came on, like they came on to, to get like results. But the thing is, 
if that's the, if that's the notion, I start to shift it. Okay. So what is actually something that you want to work on in your health? You know, because again, like we said, you know, you're not always going to be healthy. Like even if you're a skinny person, and I think we judge ourselves by the number on the scale. Yes. We don't judge other people by the number of scales. We can't detect how much somebody weighs by looking at them. Um, but we, we judge other people by how they look as well. Right. So, um, you know, you may look at somebody and think like, oh, they're really, they look really skinny and really healthy, but you have no idea. Like maybe they're extremely like low in thyroid or, um, have iron deficiency and like, they need things to basically like take every day because they're not, you know, they can't absorb like certain nutrients and vitamins and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, I've, I've met very obese, healthy people and like surprisingly, like their blood sugars are really good. Like, like their cholesterol is really good. And I've met people who are on a normal weight and their numbers are terrible, you know? <laughs> so again, like you, you don't know. And that's why, um, it's scary because it can be a silent killer. Unfortunately, like things like yes. blood pressure, um, cholesterol and people are like, Oh, I'm healthy. I don't need to go to the doctor. And I find a lot of men do that. And they're like, I'm good, you know, but you don't realize until you actually get your blood pressure checked or your blood work done or have a look at like what's going on internally. You're like, Oh, I didn't realize I had this like issue going on for so long. Right. Yeah. yeah. And most of the time it's easily fixable. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That is a great, great point. Um, because like I said, I, I'm, I am a, prime example of that. Um, after when, as I was getting ready to retire and on the scale, I was at my most comfortable weight where I was like, you know, I felt, I felt, I felt, um, like I was in shape. I looked right. like I was in shape, but when I took my blood work, my cholesterol was over, like right. uh, it was ab ab abnormally high. Right. They, matter of fact, the doctors were like, I would have never suspected looking right. at you, that that is where your blood, your cholesterol was so that it's resulted in me now taking medication right. just to get it back. And then being more deliberate about what I'm putting inside my body that is, that could potentially continue to impact those types of uh, factors in my body that, right. and not get so caught up in the number because the number does not tell the full story, like you said. Right. And even what you're talking about, that's a pretty common thing, high cholesterol. So there's, there's two things most people don't know about cholesterol is that, um, there's good cholesterol and there's bad cholesterol. So mm -hmm. what we, in the nursing aspect is LDL, um, is, you know, bad cholesterol, HDL is good cholesterol. So if your LDL is up, which is typically what most people's are, um, that's your bad cholesterol and how to lower that is actually to increase your healthy fats. So it's kind of interesting because you think like, oh, I shouldn't be eating any fat. I should be on like this really strict, like plain diet, all this kind of stuff. But if anything, your your healthy fats, your salmon, your avocados, your coconut oil, your olive oil, like all that kind of stuff, olives, eating that kind of food will actually lower your bad cholesterol. So again, there's a lot of misconception around certain things and people are like, oh, you know, because most of the time they're just kind of like reading false, false news and yeah. things that are kind of outdated, unfortunately. Um, but definitely like having a look at that and for yourself, that's great that you've checked that out because again, you know, you walk around thinking, oh, I'm perfectly fine. And, and then two minutes later, you're having all these issues like cholesterol issues or, um, you know, that could be your gallbladder too, that could be acting up or, um, blood pressure, you could be having issues with your blood pressure, right? So it's definitely something worthwhile to look at.
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I cannot thank you so much for providing this information. So I want to give you a few minutes to let my listeners know where they can find you, Any anything that you have coming up, any challenges, specials, any call to actions that you want mm-hmm. to give out to my audience, I think is uh, is always fun. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'll just say it's basically my website. So it's Nutritious and Delicious is my company name. And the website is www.ndelish.com. And you can find me on social media there. You can actually find that I do corporate lunch and learns. Um, I do meal planning. I do like to do a lot more coaching around meal planning and stuff. So that's really helpful. And I also do mommy memberships as well to help the moms out because if we can actually take care of mom first, we can get the whole family, right? Because usually moms are the leaders at home feeding everybody. (laughs) Absolutely. And I definitely would like to thank you for taking the time. I think that, you know, as we start to unveil this new norm, whatever it's going to look like, I, I, I urge everyone and I challenge everyone to, to do one thing different for yourself to, yeah. to improve your, your well-being. And I don't want you to focus it on just your weight. Just do something that is really going to improve your well-being. And if it's reaching out to someone like you, Bethany, who can really start to yeah. uh, improve what we put in our bodies and how we start to see better outcomes, then, then do that. But take today to be the day where you are going to really put you first. Yeah. Start today. Start today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time and being on the podcast. I cannot thank you enough and the information and just uh, the opportunity to expose this information to my audience. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And I'll be sure to put your information in the description and make sure that we give all the links to everything. So uh, my listeners who I know are going to want to reach out to you are able Mm -hmm. to find you. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and listening to On The Bounce. If you would like to read more on the topics discussed in today's episode, I have included the links to the research I have referenced in the episode description. Please feel free to share your thoughts and leave a comment. And as always, see you next time. Thank you.